last week we did our service on Zoom uh, because of the current um, Corona situation in our city. And uh, this was uh, taken from that service. Uh, it's a new series on a title called uh, Dare to be Restored. I hope you'll be blessed. So we're going to continue from uh, what we talked about last week. This is part three of Dare to be Restored. And last week we looked at the story of uh, Samson and uh, learned a few things. Today we're going to talk about uh, someone we are all familiar with, uh, uh, Job, from the book of Job. Um, the specific goal for today by the Holy Spirit is um, for us not to be over overwhelmed by the distraction, but by the restoration. And more than that, by the restorer. Um, sometimes uh, me and Nizu used to watch um, this um, uh, TV shows where they build, they restore houses. I don't know how many of you guys like those kind of shows, like uh, the pro- like the brothers. Yeah, yeah. And um, um, listed or uh, lose it or something like that. Uh, we used to watch uh, we used to watch uh, a lot of those TV shows. And um, what amazes me is um, they will see a house really like you know a lot of distraction and they see potential. And they'll be like, you know, wow, like we can do this, we can do that. And I'm not that kind of a creative, imaginative person. I have to see it. And they'll be like, you know, creating all this digital form of it. I'll be like, oh, that's really cool. And the thing is, in the process of them doing it, what you, you usually see is if, it's, if the transformation is going to be great, the destruction will also be great. When they destroy more, the transformation also becomes more. So, uh, for us not to be overwhelmed by the distraction and and just like you know look around and say man there's so much mess in my life there's so much mess in my life i don't think i can get out of this but to say and to shift our focus from that place of uh, despair from that place of focusing on what looks looks like is lost into what god is able to do with it just like those houses as the uh, builders look at it and see the potential, the greater builder, God is looking into your life and on the areas and things you're calling mess, he's looking as masterpiece. And the areas and, and, and the lives of yours, ours, that we're seeing a lot of distraction, God is seeing the potential for restoration. God is looking at what he can do with that life. This theme of God uh, using beauty out of the ashes is very consistent in the Bible. And God willing, I hope and I pray that your heart will be leaning towards God and his point, point, his viewpoint where we can see, hey, this is what God is seeing. And I would like that in my life. And I want to see my life the way he sees it. So we're not on the way uh, of God as he's trying to do these things in our lives. One of the things I understand, as I mentioned uh, earlier, is that um, that false sense of uh, uh, being in control needs to be taken away from us. Like, you know, we're not 100% in control of our lives. God is. And let's just trust him. Let's just trust him in what he can do in our lives. Uh, we're going to look at a few points uh, from the book of Jobs, uh, the book of Job, uh, Job. I keep calling it Job, the book of Job. Job, all right. Um, he, um, as you guys are familiar with this, uh, with this man, um, he uh, was a very wealthy man, had lots of children, lots of animals, very secured, God fearing, um, known in the community as the good, as a good person, and um, uh, there was a battle in heaven uh, 
where Satan really felt like he went up and down the earth, um, east to west, north to south. And um, he noticed that there was this man that was different from everybody else. And he came to God and he will ask him, I did this. And God's first response is, did you see, did you see my son, Job? Did you see him? Why, like, you know, he walks with me. He, he does things right. Like, you know, and then um, Satan's response is, yeah, he's doing all that because you're protecting him. You're doing all these things for him. Um, his heart is not with you, basically. And this is, there is this idea that uh, for a um, uh, modern Christian, uh, is kind of hard to swallow that God actually takes his people. And, um, and uh, he does, he does allow um, taste to come into our lives. Um, he does allow to, for certain things to happen in our lives to refine our faith and to restore us back to him to make sure our heart works right with them because life is not all about what you have what you did it's about where you are in relation to god that's the most important part so it's a it's a almost like a foreign concept to us uh, why would god taste me if he loves me no this is this is god and god can taste you to refine you every gold is purified as it goes through tests not because the owner likes it the way it is and keeps it with its dirt and everything and in a special place so the process of tasting is biblical so job uh, goes through that tasting that phase and and the end it just happened so crazy like you know, everything he lost everything after another he lost everything after another and when you think um uh, satan is done with taking everything uh, in, ch in in chapter 2 verse 7 um satan goes back to uh, the presence of the lord and um and then he asks um well but he's healthy he's healthy that's why he's still not sinned against he still loves you he's still right with you so in verse 7 so satan went out from the presence of the lord and afflicted job with painful sores from the soles of his feet to the crown of his head and then job took a piece of broken pottery and uh, scrapped himself with it as he sat among the ashes his wife said to him are you still maintaining your integrity curse god and die and he replied he said you are talking like a foolish woman. Uh, the word foolish here uh, means um, her um, integrity, her spiritual quality is not right. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? In all this, Job did not sin, did not sit in what he said. So things got even worse. That's what I was trying to say earlier. See, the greater the distraction shows the greater the restoration. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I just want you to look at your life and, and write down things you feel like are destroyed in your life, whatever it is, whether it's your confidence, your faith, your hope, your relationship, whatever, your health, everything, just write it down. And, 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 and we're going to pray over it because the greater the distraction is the greater the restoration. God is going to bring something great out of those ashes. He is sitting down literally on the ashes, physically on the ashes, taking a pottery and scrapping his own skin. That's how bad it was. Like it's so bad. No money, no wealth, nothing. And then the only thing left in his life is his relationship with God and his relationship with his wife. And that even is in conflict at this moment. Like, you know, he's barely holding to the two important relationships in his life. <coughs> so this is the process that Joe was going through. When you go through a process like that, whatever that means to you, I think it's natural for us to ask the why. And the question of the why really consumes us. 
but I'm here to encourage you. The most important question in that position is not why, but who. Who really matters? It's not why. Because you go crazy. Imagine being in the place of Job, trying to figure out what was happening. Like, it does not make sense. It does not make sense. He doesn't, he's not tapping into the conversation they're having in heaven. He doesn't know why this is happening. And his own understanding of who God is, he's doing everything right. And the outcome is wrong. What he's sowing and what he's reaping was, was not matching. It did not make sense to him. And you will see him. You will see him being consumed, like most of us, with this question, trying to figure out why. Why didn't this work out? Like, you know, it's only natural. It's only human that we try to understand everything and trying to figure out the reason behind what happened in our lives or why it is the way it is. Um, see, it's not just Job. Jesus also went through something similar. Jesus had that moment. Father, Father, why, why have you forsaken me? He couldn't understand when he was hit really hard, when he was hit really hard by, by, the, by the pain, by the loss, by the distraction in his life. He's, he's, he knew his purpose, but his vision was distorted. It's not, it's not that you're weak. It's just sometimes the distraction becomes overwhelmed. You just want to know why you are in that predicament. But the good thing about Jesus is that he took his eyes and was able to be patient because he focused not only on the why, but on the who. The most important question is who. Uh, uh, was saying earlier, God's intention is good. That's the most important thing. I might not understand the whole process, but your intentions towards me is good. I might not, not understand the process. I might not have the answer for the why, but I have the answer for the who. And the who is a guarantee. Because the who, Jesus Christ, his every intention towards me is good. I don't know how this is going to work out, but I know it will work out right for those who love the Lord. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. The writer says, uh, for us to look into Jesus. So he said, I know you're accustomed to focusing on the trials, on the process, on the journey. You're like you, you're unintentionally drawn, drawn to bring your focus into your situation. But he says, look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was said before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Hallelujah. When I think about this, like I always would think, oh, he was just putting his, uh, his focus, his eyes on the joy. And I always make it like, you know, me being human, I try to make it a little bit selfish. Oh, he was just focusing how he would save me. Like, you know, but literally the Bible really says he's sitting down right on the right, uh, on the right hand of the throne of God. He's like, I know, I'm going through all this, but at the end, he's saying, I know whom I'm going to. I'm going to the Father, and I'm going to be right next to him. That's where I'm heading. So the focus is not the why, brothers and sisters. The focus is the who. And when we got the right answer for the who, and um, the battle becomes less, uh, the agony becomes less, and the journey becomes um, less painful. I'm not saying it's not going to be hard, but I'm saying when you focus on the Christ, when you focus on him, then you will have the patience to endure. You will have the patience to endure. He was able to endure the cross because his eyes was focused on the joy set before him. See, waiting for God um, is, not, um, is not passive. It's, it's very active. 
um, in Job's life and in God's life. Um, God is active working in your life in that in that process. God is not just saying, okay, let's just let's just sit and wait. You pass this process or like, you know, you figure it out and then let's see where, where you're going to go. That's not what God is saying. God is very active in that moment. He's working towards you, changing your heart, changing our attitude, changing our mindset, changing us who we are preparing for what is yet to come. Just like in the story of um, Peter, Peter was never the same. That process of him falling down and being restored in that moment, it wasn't a passive kind of moment when he was drowning. Like it was very active. There was something actively playing in Joe's life and Peter's life and what God is doing in that moment. So don't think those moments of, excuse me, waiting for God as a very passive moment in your life where God is not our work. God is definitely our work. Okay. And the biggest restoration, let me tell you this, the biggest and the greatest restoration in one's life is being restored back to him. As being right with God. As being having the right relationship with God. As Peter was communicating with Jesus. As Job was communicating with God. It's, an, it's active, your relationship and, and this time of uncertainty. It's very active, even in the conversation you're having with God. In the dealings you're dealing with God. It is part of the process and it's part of the restoration. Restoration does not begin, uh, does not start by the results. Restoration begins in your heart. And that things nobody can see. And your faith being restored. And your love for God, as Moses was praying early, being restored. As your first, for, uh, your first love, as our first love, being restored to God. And that things nobody can notice. Something that happens with it. So when the real change happens, then the change becomes sustainable. Uh, then the restoration becomes beautiful. Job was, Job, was, Job was restored before he had his wealth was restored. He was restored before his uh, children were restored. He was restored before his relationship with other people and his, his health was restored. He was restored in the conversation that he was having with God. His real restoration did not begin in the things you see. His real restoration begins within, within his heart, within his mind, where nobody can understand, where nobody can see. Think about the story of Job and what I liked, uh, what I love about that story is um, Job was known as a wealthy, uh, as a wealthy person. He was known as a good person. He was known as a, um, sorry, he was known in the community as even as God-fearing person. He was known, but after the restoration, his, who he was, was attached to who God was. He was not just known uh, for being wealthy and stuff and, and, and having children and stuff. He was known for what God has done in his life. So this day we talk about Job in relation to what God has done in his life. This is my last point. Restorations, real restoration shows the restorer, Christ, not us. See, this preaching is not, hey, uh, feel good, find in yourself, motivate yourself, do what's right. Like, you know, fast, exercise, do this, like, you know, take action. It's not about self-motivating. It's about, no, no, no. Trust the process. Trust God. Trust what he can do in your life. Trust what Jesus do in your life. Because at the end of this process, God has no intention, uh, intention of just making you famous. He wants to be known in your life. He wants other people to see him, what he has done in your life. Job didn't do anything. Just think about it for a second. 
Job did not do anything except for the prayer, the communication with God, nothing. It was God who restored him. Peter, the same thing. He didn't swim his way back to the boat. He didn't self-motivate himself. Man, I should have known how to swim. He knew how to swim. This guy worked his entire life, his entire life on a boat, on a lake. This guy knows what to do, but he wasn't as self-motivated. Hey, let me figure out. No, no, Christ, Jesus, I'm drowning. I know how to swim, but no, I want your restoration. And when he restore you, he becomes famous. It becomes about what Jesus has done because they saw that and they were like, you know, this is the son of God. It's not about look at Peter. It's like, you know, look at the son of God. He is known in what he has done, not only on the water, on the waves, but also in Peter's life and what God was able to do. So the true result of restoration is that the restorer becomes known in your life. And you can't, you can't even help it. When you talk about your story, you know it's him. You talk about him. It never becomes, hey, I really worked hard for this. I figured out on my own. He restored me. He stripped me. He took things from me. He allowed things to happen in my life. And I was in this place, but he used me. And that becomes the gospel. And that magnifies Christ. And that is the story of the good news that we were taught in the Bible. The story of Paul the story of Peter, the story of the disciples, the story of everyone is that God find people and he restored them back to him and used them. And then people see him through other people. That is the true beauty of restoration. So what am I saying today uh, to you, beautiful men and women of God? Hey, let's just put the focus back to him. I know it's easy to be Focus on the overwhelming distraction that's in our lives, that's in our world, that's in our city, that's in our church, that's in our community. It's easier to be overwhelmed with all this and lose the focus, but it's not about that. Let's just focus our eyes on the potential and the restoration and the restorer and what he can do with this. And let's just trust the process. Let's just trust God. Um, hallelujah. Let's just not dwell on the why, but let's just dwell on the who, that it is him, my God, my Jesus. He knows what he's doing. I don't understand it, but I surrender to him. And not my will, but your will, as Jesus said. He said, I don't understand. Like in this moment, I have another opinion about the matter, but your will, not my will. That is what we're talking about. That's exactly what we're saying today. Hey, he knows what he's doing. He's active in this process. He is working through and through in wherever position you are in life right now. Let's just trust them because when the process is finished, the spotlight will be on the Son of God, Jesus himself. Let me pray together. I hope you were really blessed with that message. Thanks for joining us today. Stay blessed. Find us on Facebook or in Instagram and follow us as JFC Church Winnipeg. We love you. Take care.